So let's open our Bibles to Ezekiel 21. Ezekiel 21. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel 21, verse 25 through 27. 25 through 27. Praise God. We're going to start out here in the New King James Version. I'll switch to King James on verse 27 here. You got it? 25, let's read together. Ready, read. Now to you, O profane wicked prince of Israel, whose day has come, whose iniquity shall end. Thus says the Lord God, remove the turban and take off the crown. Nothing shall remain the same. Oh God, that's good right there, right? I highlighted that in my Bible. Nothing shall remain the same. Exalt the humble and humble the exalted. Now, verse 27, just switch to, new, to the uh, King James here. Read it. Ready? Read. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he come whose right it is, and I will give it him. All right, so God's going to overturn some things. So we're talking today about, uh, as we started last Sunday, on turnover. Everybody say turnover. turnover. Father God, thank you today for the chance we have now to spend this time in your word. I pray that every heart is primed and ready to receive the word. And I pray, Father, that the word will flow forth with excellent accuracy. Let me preach with boldness and courage today, Father. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, my, my highest desire is your people. What, Lord, would come to revelation knowledge of who we are and what's going on right now in this season. And God, even above all that, I pray that somebody in this room who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior would today, this day, get born again. We pray, we believe, we receive that. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 All right, take your seats today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, we, I started out last Sunday... Uh, talking about Revelation, not the book of Revelation, but Revelation. Revelation is an opening up of mysteries, is that right? Yes, sir. And I talked to you about how Revelation brings or leads to exaltation. In other words, Revelation is meant to bring you up. All right, in other words, the more you know, the higher you can go. Is that right? In the world, they say knowledge is power, but in the kingdom, we say knowledge puffs up. So you don't want just knowledge, you don't want just information, you need revelation. So the more you know, the more God shows you about his kingdom, the higher you can go in this life. And the more you see, the more you can be. I, I, one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called Lion King. And uh, it happened to be on TV uh, last week or whenever it was, and um, yeah, a few times. And I happened to stumble upon it and see the scene where uh, Rafiki found Simba out there. Y'all know the story, Rafiki. I'm assuming y'all know. Rafiki, the little monkey, the wise sage monkey, found Simba, who was the king's son, and uh, found him out there in the wilderness wandering, wandering around, not serving or not doing what he had been destined to do. And he told him, uh, he, he, you know, he, he's trying to convince him to go back and become the king, but he felt like he couldn't do that. Simba felt like he couldn't do that, and, and, and Rafiki hit him on the head. Bam! He, said, he, told him, he told him, you are more than what you have become. He couldn't see it, and he hit him on the head. Bam! He said, look harder. And he looked harder, and he saw this king image on the inside. And when he saw that and saw even his father's image shining back at him, he realized who he could be because he just got a revelation. 
is what I'm trying to get you to understand. It, it's, it's not until you get a revelation of who you are and who God called you to be and, and, and a revelation of what God has put on the inside of you that you can fulfill your divine purpose and your assignment in life. I, I gave you this scripture, 2 Corinthians 12. Get on the screen for me, please, media. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. And there's this guy, Apostle Paul, who's writing and talks about uh, revelations that he, re he received. And he says something here to us. He says, he says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of who? Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. Now I just got to say this because I might have a couple, uh, two or three religious people in the house who misunderstand this scripture. And, and they, they think that when uh, Paul had his trouble, his, his uh, thorn, that it was from God. But the Bible clearly says a messenger of Satan. So the trouble that came in Paul's life was not from God. Trouble that comes in your life is not from God. God does not ever, he never sends trouble in your life. Don't let any religious person teach you that. Don't let any sinner teach you that. God never sends trouble in your life. People think, well, trials come to make you strong. No, trials come to kill you. And trials don't come from God. Trials come from the devil. The devil is the one who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I am come, come on, that you may have a life, come on have it more abundantly. So God's idea is to bless you and increase you and prosper you and give you great success. So Paul says to us here, he says, lest I should be exalted above measure or exalted beyond normal standards. So what he's saying is revelation is designed to bring you or raise you above normal standard. In other words, if you want to increase your standard of living, you need more revelation. If you want to rise above the normal uh, lifestyle of humanity, you have to get more revelation. You got to see something. And if, un until, un unless you see something, you are stuck, you are bound to whatever happens in this world. That's why this word in Revelation is so important. It's to break you free from. Glory to God. To break you free from this world stuff. All right, I got to keep moving here. Now, so revelation or divine insight, everybody say divine insight. Divine insight. Is designed to lift you up from the bottom and take you all the way to the top. That excited me when I heard it. Divine insight is designed to lift you up from the bottom and take you all the way to the top. God wants you on top. God wants you on top. God wants you to be above. He said you should be above only and not beneath. God said you should be the head, not the tail. In other words, God's desire for his people is that you stick out like a sore thumb. Because you're so blessed, so prosperous, so healed, so happy, so joyous, so full of peace. Folk are shaking their head trying to figure out how are you living like this and I'm struggling. It's not, and I'm... Why I'm living like this or why I'm blessed is not because of my education. It's not, come on, y'all know it. Not because of my vocation. Not because of my location. It's not because of my intellect. It's because of my revelation. I know something. In fact, I know someone. And because I know someone and I'm in him and he's in me, he's always going to take me to the top. Oh, you're getting this here. All right, so. Regardless of your, of your spiritual or your physical 
your emotional or financial condition, divine truths of God's word will change your life. Has that happened to anybody here? Do I have at least 65 witnesses who will say that divine truths have changed my life? I am where I am not because I'm so smart. My smartness got me in trouble. Look at your neighbor. He's talking about your neighbor. Talking about your neighbor. Your smartness got you in trouble. But divine truths from the word of God is what gets you out of trouble. Glory to God. It's your smart self. John 8, verse 32. John 8, verse 32. Look at that on the screen, please. John 8, 32. Glory to God. John 8, 32. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is talking, and your Bible it should be in red, right? Jesus Christ said this, and you shall know the truth. And what? The truth shall make you free. So does truth make you free? Only if you know it. It's the truth you know that makes you free. Glory to my God. So you shall know the truth. The truth you know shall make you free. Free how? Free from sin. Free from sickness. Free from disease. Free from lack. Free from poverty. Free from drama. Free from addiction. Free from mess. Free. Matter of fact, he goes on. Let's, let's look at this here. In, in verse, verse 30, let's, keep, let's just keep reading. Verse 33. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. This is the people he's talking to. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will, you will be made free? First of all, that's a stupid statement. Can I tell you why it's a stupid statement? Because at the very time that, that he's talking to them, they're in bondage. They're sitting there under Roman oppression. The Romans have, have come in and oppressed their land. The Jews don't run their own stuff. At that time, the Romans are running their own stuff. So they're in bondage at the very time he's, they're saying, we've never been in bondage. We've never been in bondage. You remember the whole 400 plus years of bondage in Egypt? But what happens is the devil can have you so deceived, you don't even realize you're in a mess when you're in a mess. The devil can have you so deceived that you don't even realize that you're in a mess when you're in the biggest, stinking, hottest mess that you've ever been in your whole life. And everybody on the outside can look at you and smell you and know you're in a mess, but you can't see it. That's good, Pastor. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. The worst thing, I've heard, heard Bill Winston, Dr. Bill Winston say this, the worst thing about being deceived is you don't know you're deceived. So people walking around, they think, oh, I got it going on. Oh, you think, yeah, I'm all right. You ain't all right. And if you don't have Jesus, I said, if you don't have Jesus, if he's not living on the inside of you, if you're not serving him every day, you are not all right. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care how fancy you do your hair. I don't care how good of a job you may have. I don't care what, what you may do. If you don't have Jesus on the inside of your heart, you're not all right. But he can make it all right. I said he can make it all right. Verse 34, let me keep going here. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. They're saying, we ain't not in bondage. He said, if you commit sin, you're a slave of sin. So sinners are slaves. That's what the Bible says. I, they, I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. 
Well, you ought to stop. I can't stop. Then you got the sinners who say, oh, I can stop. Well, we got supposed to say, prove it with your big, bad self. Stop it. Problem is you can't stop it because you're a slave. I know it's Martin Luther King Day. Y'all don't want to hear the word slave and all that kind of stuff. But just, I'm just reading out of the Bible here. It says you're a slave of sin. Verse 35, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Now watch verse 36. Here's what I want you to see. Therefore, if the son makes you free, come on, he shall be free indeed. Everybody say indeed. indeed. All right, now go to Luke, please. Let me go to Luke. Let me, let me, I don't want to lose too much time. My 15 minutes is almost up. Luke, Luke 8. Luke 8. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 8. Is this all right? Everybody understanding so far? All right, good. I know we have guests in here. I'm not going to hoop. If you're waiting on me to hoop, you're in the wrong church. You don't need a hoop. You need help. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to hoop. You need, you need to be able to take this home, work with it, and get the results in your life. Got it? All right. So Roman, uh, Luke chapter 8, please. And verse 9 and 10. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? He had just told them a parable of of the, the sower sowing onto four different types of ground. I don't have time to go through that. You can read it on your own. He said, what does this parable mean? That, that's what they asked him. Verse 10, and he said to you, it has been given to know, come on, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables that seeing they may not see. In other words, they, 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 try, they try to understand it, but they can't understand it here. And hearing they may not understand. He says, but to you, in other words, to my people, I'm revealing mysteries to you. We're talking about revelation here, okay? Now, go over, please, to verse 16. Same chapter, verse 16. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. Verse 17, for nothing is secret that will not be, not be what? Revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. So whatever, any, any, any secrets or divine truths of God's word, that is, he, he's, he's hidden it, but he's revealing it to us. And then once God takes that word, or we allow that word into our hearts, and now we, we let the word transform our lives, now he will not let us be hidden anymore. He'll reveal us to the world. How many understand the world needs to see more real Christians? The world needs to see more real, I'm, I'm not talking about these, these Twitter Christians, I'm talking about real, not these in, Instagram filter Christians, I mean real Christians who love God, serve God, walk in integrity, walk in, watch this word, holiness, and still have it going on. Y'all don't, you know, no, no. See, See, the world, here's, here's what the world is used to. The world is used to either seeing the Christian who ain't really walking right, but they're, they're flourishing. Or they see the Christian who really is walking holy and walking integrity, but they broke down. 
Both of those are bad advertisements for God. What God wants, man, I wish I had about six with me, is some Christian who's going to live right, walk right, serve God, have integrity, live holy, be unashamed of the gospel, and have it going on. You drive nice, and you live nice, and you look nice, and you're healthy in your body, and your marriage ain't broke down, and your children ain't running raggedy. Y'all don't want to hear what I'm trying to say to you. I'm trying to. That's what the world needs to see. Real Christians. That's what made Jesus Christ so attractive. He was a real Christian. You understand what I'm trying to say to you. He, he walked up right and he had it going on. He was attractive, man. <laughs> All right. Verse 18. Therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. Whoever has what? Revelation. Y'all remember that class? Whoever has or whoever has revelation to him, more will be given. Okay? And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. So if you don't have revelation, whatever you seem to have. Now, how many of y'all would agree except the fact that the world does not have this kind of revelation. So then if Jesus is right, and he is, then whatever they seem to have, you understand? We, we get impressed by the world when I say the world, I'm talking about heathens, those who are not saved, because we think, man, they got it going on, they have a lot. But Jesus, according to Jesus Christ, everything they have, only, they only seem to have it, which means that's not the real deal. Y'all got it? So without divine revelation or without divine insight, everything man thinks he has is eventually taken away. All right, why is it taken away? For him to give over to those who have revelation. Got it? Look over at Matthew 25. Glory to God. If you're in Luke, go back two back, two books. Matthew 25. Everybody tracking me so far? I'm not losing anybody? All right, Matthew 25. Verse 14, I gave you this scripture here. We were here last week, Matthew 25. Because God's looking to take from them and give it to somebody. Yeah, I've got three volunteers. He's, he's looking to take from the world and give it over to somebody. He needs somebody he can give it to. Somebody who's going to be righteous. Somebody who's going to be holy. Somebody who's not going to flip the script once they have the goods of God. In other words, once God blesses you, you don't start skipping church. Once God blesses you, you don't, you don't now have your boat and decide, now I'm going to go boating on Sunday, you know. I'm, you're going to keep serving God, all right? All right? Matthew 25, he's looking for some good and faithful people. Look at Matthew 25, verse um, uh, 14, verse 14. It says, for the kingdom of heaven, oh God, is like... A man traveling to a far country who called his own service and delivered to his goods to them. Verse 15, and to one he gave what? Five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on his journey. Right, now everybody understand when, I, when this Bible says talents, it's not talking about, you know, you being able to, to uh, dance, you know, do tap dancing and playing the trumpet and trombone and stuff. This is talking about money. Okay? 
The kingdom of heaven is as if a man delivers his money or his goods, his possessions to him. Okay? All right, now, for sake of time, let me skip down, please, to verse uh, 22. 22. I don't have time to read the whole story. 22. It says here, He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you what? Rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So those who are faithful, good and faithful servants, God makes you rulers. That's the key to promotion. Be faithful in whatever God has already given you. If you are faithful in whatever God gives you, he'll make you a ruler. You have to be faithful over the few things, the small, the little. When you prove yourself faithful over the small, little, few, he'll make you ruler over the much, many, the large. Got it? So be faithful over your apartment before you ask God for the mansion. Be faithful as being the, 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 the data entry or whatever you are, entry position in your company before you ask God to become CEO. Be faithful in the little first. Okay? Now, verse uh, 24, then he, he who had received the one talent came. And we see five, five talents, two talents. They both got the same award. But look at verse 20, 24 here. He who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man. He's got a bad revelation here. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. So he gave the Lord back simply what the Lord had given him already. All right? But as Lord, Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have, we can throw it here, at least deposited my money with the bankers. So we know we're talking about money. Should have deposited my money, right? This is for all, all, the, all the smart people here. You should have at least deposited my money in the bank with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. interest. Verse 28, verse 28, watch this. Therefore, take the talent or the money from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. Oh, can I just say, like, as a little kid, ten monies. Right? That's how we used to say it as kids. Now, now the first thing somebody was going to say is, that ain't right. That ain't right. How you're going to take from this one, all they have is that one, and give it to the one who already has the ten. That ain't right. But who are you to tell the Lord what is right? The Lord is always going to increase more and more the ones who are faithful, the ones who are good, the ones who have the revelation. See, this guy who hid the one, he had a bad revelation of who God is or a or, 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 or bad revelation of his master. But when you get the right revelation of who God is, he says, I'm going to take from him and give to him, those of you who have the, the ten talents. Can we keep reading? Verse 29. Watch verse 29. For to everyone, this sounds familiar to me, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have 
So when you have a right revelation, you're gonna have you, God's gonna bring you more, and you're gonna have abundance. So abund- revelation is designed to bring you into abundance. Glory to God. If 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 you're sitting here, and look, can I just talk finances? If you're struggling financially, you know, it's not more job you need necessarily. Not necessarily. It's possible to be underemployed. But the job is not your issue. Revelation is your issue. Is you don't know enough yet about who God is and about his word and about what he said is yours. If you get that. He says, for to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have what? Abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. All right. Praise God. So what we're talking about here is a, is a turnover. Where what the Lord has said is, I'm turning everything over from the ones who don't have revelation, and I'm giving things to the hands of those who do have revelation. And that's where we're, 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 we are in this time frame here in the body of Christ, that God is ready to turn things over and take things from those who don't have revelation. You'll catch this, at least by the middle of this year, you'll catch this. Those who don't have a revelation of God, he is right now in the turnover change of possession business. From the last time I preached this message on last Sunday, boy, there was a big football game on last Monday night, Alabama and Georgia, and one of the very first big events that happened in that game was a turnover. Georgia had the ball, was marching down the field, and all of a sudden Alabama's defense comes out with a turnover, boy. That turnover gave them a change of possession, gave them the opportunity to take that game. And we know eventually what happened, don't we? The team that got the most turnovers won the game. And God is ready to turn some things over into us. Land and homes and buildings, cities, come on now, territories and regions God is ready to turn over into the hands of his people. Glory to God. People and families and nations. God, matter of fact, get this on the screen. Get up Psalm number two, verse eight. Y'all know that. I love Psalm number two, verse eight. Psalm number two, verse eight. Here's what God tells us. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. So God is saying, you can ask me for as many people as you want. Oh, y'all didn't get excited. And I understand. Pastor Kim said we got we to start now do this fast thing about our, outside of ourselves. He's saying you can ask me for people. What I want people for, I don't want people. Not for you, Mr. Smarty Pants, for him. We need people who are sitting there bound on drugs and alcohol. They popping pills, smoking weed. They smoking out. They shooting up and they can't get free. We need them free. They need to be free. God wants them free. And he says, ask me for them. I'll give them to you. Y'all ain't saying much to me, boy. People who are all trapped in the sex trade. Uh-oh, is that a bad word? People who are trapped in, as sex slaves from little girls and little boys on. 
And God is saying, ask. And I'll give them to you. Nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. God wants you to be the ones running things. Not the world, because when the world runs, the Bible says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people groan. They're in grief. Come on, look around your world. Does it look like the, the righteous are running things? That's why everybody's all upset and everybody's miserable. But when you and your righteous self move up, when you and your righteous self get some authority, the Bible says the people will begin to rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, now, let's keep going here. Let's go to our main scripture here, Ezekiel chapter 21. Everybody follow me so far? Ezekiel 21. How am I doing, Pastor Kim? I'm doing good? All right. Let me make sure we're good on time. I'm just messing with Pastor Kim. Ezekiel 21, verse 25. Now to you, O profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose day has come, whose iniquities shall end. Verse 26 says, thus says the Lord God. Remove the turban. Now the turban is a headpiece that is for priest, the priesthood. Okay? So remove the turban. Then he says, take off the crown. The crown is a headpiece uh, emblematic of royalty. All right? So remove the turban, the priesthood, the current priesthood, and take off the crown. The current uh, royalty or the current um, executive leadership. We can call it that, all right? He says, nothing shall remain. So what God is saying is, I'm ready to turn over and bring new leadership. New leadership in the church. New leadership in the, even, even in, in the government. He says, now watch this, exalt the humble and humble the exalted. Can you see things flipping over here? Exalt means to bring up. Humble means to lower down. So he says, exalt those who are humble, or in other words, those on the bottom, exalt them, and those who are on top, humble them, bring them down. So God is saying, I'm ready right now to flip things over so the first shall be last. That's what Jesus said, right? And the last shall be first. So God is turning everything around. Do you see that? Do you see that? All right, look at verse 27, please. Verse 27 the King James says this, I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more. Remember we just read here in verse 26, nothing shall remain the same. Now it says here, it shall be no more. So what the current state of affairs, it shall be no more. Until. So in other words, God goes through this work with a plan in mind, with an end or purpose in mind, he says, until he come who's right. Everybody say right. right. So who's right it is. So whatever it is that's being overturned, it currently is in the possession of someone who it's not their right to it. Did I say that fast, too fast for you? So whatever God is overturning, the reason he's overturning it is because it is not currently in the hands of the one who has right to it. You understand? 
So uh, there, there, there are, are things in this world, in this world system, that are rightfully ours. Your Bible says the earth, come on now, the earth is the Lord's, come on, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell in it. The problem is, the Bible says right now in, in 1 John, uh, I believe it's 519, somewhere around there, it says the whole world lies under the sway. Get it on the screen, please. 1 John 5, I think it's verse 19. The whole world lies under the sway, or we can use say the word control, of the wicked one. Oh, y'all catch that. Can everybody read? The whole world, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies, come on, under the sway or control of? So that means God is not running things. Can I help everybody? God, tell your neighbor, God is not in control. Uh-oh. Y'all didn't like that. I know I'm kicking over some, some sacred cows here. But it's religious cows that have this mindset that God is in control. Ladies and gentlemen, if God is in control of this mess, I don't want to go to heaven. If, 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 if the mess this world is in right now, if God's in control of it, you mean to tell me God, who was powerful enough to blow back the Red Sea, That God? And he's in control of this? No. No, it's murder. Murder and rape. All kinds of crime. All kinds of poverty. All kinds of hunger. Children are dying everywhere. Children are being abandoned, abused, neglected, all these kind of things. God's in control? No, your Bible says the whole world lies under the sway or control of the wicked one. So this mess is out in the world? Don't blame God. Blame the wicked one. And then give him hell to pay. All right, so I believe the Bible. I know I, know I got religious people in here. You know, I don't, that ain't, I don't agree with that. I believe the Bible. The Bible says it. That's probably the way it is. Yeah, I, believe, I believe the Bible over you. And if the Bible says that, then that's just the way it is. But the, yet, the, Bible, the same Bible also says, the earth is the Lord's. I think that's Psalm 24. Get it on the screen. Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and those who dwell therein. So it belongs. We belong to God. But we're currently under the control. Oh, y'all just said, y'all got mad at me, didn't you? You tuned out. The world, everything in it currently belongs to. Maybe we better start over. Let's start my clock over. Okay, the earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. I just want to make sure I don't lose anybody but it's under the control of the wicked one. You understand that? All right. 
So that's why, go back to Ezekiel 21, verse 27. Well, I'm trying to help somebody understand your life right now. I'm trying to help you understand your life right now. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to help you make sense out of your life right now. So God says, I see what's happening. Okay, okay, here, here, here's an example. Here's an example. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is so good. Here's an example. God told Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 3, he said, Moses, he said, I have seen the affliction of my people. I have heard their cry. I have, I have seen, I, I, I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them. He said, I'm going to bring them out of the hand of Egypt. So they were God's people, but they were under the control Oh God, of the Egyptians. Their life was a mess. In slavery, working, struggling, toiling, couldn't make, any, couldn't make ends meet, couldn't barely get by. But God, we're your people. Yeah, but you're right now under the control of. So what I got to do is get you from under their control. I have, have to deliver you or sozo save you. That's why he's in Jesus Christ, to come and save us. Not just get you born again, but to save you, snatch you out from under the control of the wicked one. Oh, yeah, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Get, get 1 John 5, 19 back on the screen. Because I got to make sure this is clear for everybody here. 1 John 5, 19. Y'all ready? Verse, can y'all read? We know that we are... See, there's a separation here. And the whole world, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now, I'm not in the world. I'm part of we. We know that we are of God. That means I'm under God's control. I place myself under God's command. So whatever mess is in the world has zero effect on me. John 16, 33. John 16, 33. Holy Ghost, help me here. John 16, 33. Get on the screen. These things I have spoken to you that in me, in me, not in the world, in me, you may have peace in the world. Oh, you ought to hit your neighbor on the side. Say, in the world. Stay out there if you want to, but in the world. You better come on in here because in the world. You better get saved today because in the world. You may have tribulation, but you now be of good cheer. Ah, have. Oh, we shall overcome. No, we have. Deep in my heart, I do believe we have overcome through Christ. And his death and his resurrection, we overcame. 
So I'm not, so I'm like Jesus said in John 17. We are in this world. I'm not of it. Why is it so different for you? I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that. of God in Christ. I'm a blood-bought, blood-washed child of God. Walking in faith, walking in victory, walking in dominion, walking in authority, walking in power, walking in prosperity, walking in healing, walking in wholeness, walking in my right mind, walking in righteousness. I'm sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. to him. Matter of fact, my Bible tells me that if I submit myself to God, I can resist the devil. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. Why you, why you, we still going to the devil's on my track, trying to turn me back. What? How is a devil on your track? Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will, he will, he will, you stop running. Sucking a flight. Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? No, ask him with some force. Do you realize who you are? I ain't nothing to be played with. Somebody say ain't nothing to be played with. Scared of some devil? Scared of some defeated devil? <laughs> Woo. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. King Kong, ain't, he can't touch me. That old sorry, wimpy devil. I'm gonna mess somebody up. I'm gonna mess somebody up. I'm gonna mess somebody up. I'm gonna mess I don't care. It, see, I live, I live so high. I'm talking about in the word that it don't get offended. It doesn't matter who the president is to me. What that got to do with me? If 
2020 comes, Jesus Christ had to return yet. If Oprah Winfrey wins the presidency, what that got to do with me? People all, you all mad, you all mad, you all mad, you all mad, you all mad. Get, get, don't be mad, be glad. And rejoice in the Lord. He's your provider. He's your healer. He's your savior. He's your way maker. He's your dopener. That's right, honey. Everybody mad because the president said something about, you know, he used a big, big old curse word, right? Big old, I mean, he's a big old good one, man. I ain't never even heard that one before. He used a big old curse word about these nations, you know, and, I, you know, and, and if I could preach to those nations, I would say, y'all don't need Trump. And you don't need America. All right, get Romans 10 and verse 12 on the screen. Romans 10. And verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same over all, get Acts, get Acts 10 and verse 34, I believe. Acts 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows, come on. Verse 35, 35, 35, but in, but in, but in Ecuador, El Salvador, Haiti, Botswana, Somalia, Rwanda, Zambia, Nigeria, all the nations where they don't want any of them to come to our nation. I want to tell them you ain't got to come here. If you call on Jesus, if you call on Jesus right where you are, the same God in America is the same God over Botswana. In every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Tell your neighbor, God's turning things around. Give me Ezekiel 21, verse 27 again. Ezekiel 21, verse 27. Hallelujah. 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 Are y'all ready to rise up? I said, are y'all ready to rise up to a new place of dominion and authority in God? Well, God's here to help you out. He says again, I will overturn. I will. I will. We can protest. We can march. But don't, you don't have to do that. That was good. Thank God for those who protested in March. I mean, we're celebrating this weekend. Thank God for that. But God said, okay. I, I see your protest. I see your march. But I'm going to raise you a little higher. He said, because I will overturn overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he come 
he come whose right it is. So God, when he looks out on everything on this planet, he knows who has it, but he knows whose right it is. <laughs> Anybody know about civil rights? You fighting for your rights? This is beyond civil rights. This is ownership. Y'all don't hear me. See, what? <laughs> civil rights. Civil, the gist of civil rights is to, is to give everyone the right, equal access to, to exchange. It's, it's, equal, it's to give everybody equal access to go to school, it's to stay in a hotel, it's, 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 to, it's to get a mortgage, it's, to, it's equal access. But God is, he's going above civil rights. He's talking about kingdom rights. He knows whose right it is. So he's not talking about you having access, uh, equal access to stay in a hotel. He's talking about giving you the hotel. That's all right. Y'all y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. <laughs> y'all y'all ain't ready. You ain't ready. He, he, he not he's not talking about you being able to sit in the front of the bus as opposed to the back of the bus. Cuz as much as people fall for that, our kids everybody go to the back of the bus anyway. Kids go to school and sit in the back of the classroom anyway. So God is way beyond that. He's talking about you owning the bus and the bus line. Talking about you owning the airplane and the airport. He's not, see, see, some of y'all don't remember this. There was a day back in the day when I was a, a really, really, really young guy that there were certain areas of St. Petersburg we just didn't go in. Am I right about this, Patricia? You didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't cross 34th Street? You, you didn't go north of Central, west of 34th Street? You didn't go too far south? And you couldn't go too far east to the water? And now folk getting happy because now, oh, I can, I can go across 34th. Well, look at you. I can go, I can go past Central Avenue now. Well, look at you, you bad self. And God is saying, cute, that's, that's good. That's really good. I'm talking about you owning 34th Street. I'm talking about giving it to him who's right. It is. So God is going way past us having access into us having ownership. I don't know if y'all can handle what I'm telling you today. But I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you that your eyes, your ears, your heart get open to what I'm saying to you. God is ready to switch to change possession. That's what turnover is. It's about changing possession. All right. Let me finish up just for today. I got a little ways to go, but I don't have time to go through it all. So what God does is, 27 again, I will overturn, overturn, overturn it. It shall be no more until he, who, he come whose right it is. Now, I want you to do me a favor, please, media, and switch to uh, the message translation, verse 25 to 27. The message translation, let's, let's put it in a way that 
uh, maybe everybody understands more. 25 to 27. O Zedekiah, blasphemous and evil prince of Israel, time's up. This is what God is saying to the evil rulers, to those, the wicked ones in charge. He said, time's up. Some of y'all going to go back home today and yell at the devil in your house and say, devil, time's up. <laughs> Tired of living like this. Tired of all this drama and all this medication. Time's up. It's punishment payday. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord, don't. If I have time, I'm going to read this here. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, Zedekiah, blasphemous and evil prince of Israel. Time's up. It's punishment payday. Verse 26. God says, take your royal crown off your head. Y'all know what a royal crown is. Not, this is a. I want to make sure we bring everybody up to my royal crown. I know, I know what. Royal crown? No, this is not that royal crown. This is a royal crown of your head. Now, watch this. Watch what he says. Y'all see it? Y'all see it? No more business as usual. So people have been carrying on business as usual. Oppressing people. Carrying out all sorts of injustice. And for them it's business as usual. And God says no, no more business as usual. The underdog. Do I have any underdogs in this place this morning? Vote at least likely to succeed. Black sheep of your family. Everybody thought you were going to be the last one to make anything. Thought you were going to live and die a sorry old mess. God says the underdog. See, that's what turnover, one, one definition, of, definition of turnover is upset. So the underdog will be promoted and the top dog will be demoted. 27, last one. Ruins, ruins, ruins. I'll turn the whole place into ruins. Now watch this. You think, well, God, ruin what you... He says, and ruins, it will remain until. Until the one comes who has a right to it. So that means folk who are living in, driving and wearing, operating, owning your stuff. I'm going to let it come for them to ruins. And it's going to stay that way until the one comes who has a right to it, then I'll give it to him. Now you understand, just in just simple economic terms, if someone has something of great value and they, they, they own, possess, operate, and all of a sudden it comes to ruins, the value drops to a place where they, they it's just, they rather just get rid of it. So don't be alarmed, don't be surprised in this year when you see a 
an incredible value drop. It's for you and me to be in position that when it drops, we come in and scoop it up. Why? Because it's been ours all along. We have a right to it. God says, then I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can I read one more place of scripture here? One more place. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read verse 33 through 38. 107, 33 through 38. But I'm going to read this from the, the Living Bible. The Living Bible. I like the Living Bible. Y'all want to read it? Now, remember what I just read. So God brings things to ruin for them so he can bring us to it and give it to us. Now, when I say us, I'm talking about the righteous people, children of God. All right? Verse 33 through 38. Ready? It says, he dries up rivers and turns the good land of the wicked Y'all got it? Y'all with it so far? He dries up rivers turns good land of the wicked into deserts of salt. In other words, it's worthless. Verse 35. Again, now this is the flip. He turns deserts into fertile... Now, remember, it was rivers. It was fertile land, but then he, he dried it all up. But now he turns it again into fertile water valleys. Verse 36. He brings the hungry to settle there and build their cities on what they left. Verse 37, to sow their fields and plant their vineyards and reap their bumper crops. Verse 38, how he blesses them. They raise big families there and many cattle. What? So God overturns situations for them or their situations for us. Y'all got it? Okay. That's all I have time for today. I take that in a good way. That meant, that meant, woo, that was good, Pastor. That it meant, that it mean good, you done. I know, I know what it meant. I know what it meant. I know what it meant. Woo! Listen, I'm going to say this again. Like I said last Sunday, what I'm preaching to you right now and what we've preached for the last five, ten years is not for five years from now. It's for right now. It has already begun. God has already begun breaking this stuff down out there. Look around you. It's already breaking down out there. Governments, economic systems, arts and entertainment, Hollywood, is everything breaking down. Because what God has always spoken is for now. This scripture came to me a moment ago, so can I read it? This wasn't in my notes. This is, Holy Spirit just brought this back up. James 5. This is what, what's happening. I didn't get to what I really needed to get to today. So y'all can just, excuse me. 
James 5, verse 1. And let's do the King James, please. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries. Come on. Now, just talking about wicked rich people. I'm not talking about rich people in the body of Christ. If you're in the body of Christ, you're rich, you're good. But if you're wicked rich, he says, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Verse 2, your riches are corrupted, come on, and your garments are moth-eaten. Verse 3, your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were, fire. Ye have heaped treasure together. Come on. Can we receive this last line again? Ye or you have heaped treasure together for the last days. Well, these are the last days. And so God is going back through all the annals of time, cumulative till now, and says, you wicked rich, you have heaped treasure together, you've gathered up all, this, all your wealth, and it's been stored up for the last days that we're in now. Verse 4, verse 4. Behold the hire of the laborers. This is, this is important. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields. Can I just call this employees? Which, you, which is of you kept back by fraud crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, or the Lord of financial deliverance. So what he's saying is, you have withheld proper wages. Come on, am I right about it? You know it. Whereas, whereas CEOs, they get a $50, $60 million bonus. At the end of the year, and for you here, here, here we we gonna give you an extra quarter. Now they've, they've, they've grown wealthy off the backs of people, and God said, I, "You think I ain't been watching what y'all been doing? You think I haven't noticed how you have defrauded people out of real living wage? You've worked hard. You've," He said, "I see it." He said, their cries have come into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Verse 5, ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. So the evil, they've, they've weeped. They've, they've, they've lived good. You've condemned and killed the just, and he does, he does not resist you. So there's all kind of injustice that they're involved in. Verse 7, be patient, therefore. This is now talking to us. Brethren, to the coming of the Lord, behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth and a long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. So God is saying, just be patient. I've not, I've not missed one thing. I know what's been happening. And the last days are here. And he says, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. I'm ready now to switch this thing up. What's important, let me say this, 
is that you get on the right side of this thing. Okay? I gave you this word, hafeka. Remember I gave you that word last Sunday? Uh, H2018. In other words, the 2018th word in the Hebrew language, the 2018th word in the Hebrew language is hafeka, which means overturning or overthrow. And God is overthrowing things right now. You want to be in the right position. You want to be in the right position. Glory to God. Put Proverbs 12, 7 on the screen, please. I'm going to read two verses real quick. Proverbs 12, verse 7. The wicked are overthrown. Can y'all see that? And are no more. That's what's happening. But the house of the righteous will stand. Now, so I want to make sure you get on the right side of this thing. You don't want to be in a wicked house. You want to be in a righteous house. Because the house of the wicked, the wicked are being overthrown. Well, I'm all right. No, you're not all right. But the house of the righteous will stand. Now go to chapter 14, verse 11, because there's more. Glory to God. The house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Oh, wait, this is different. The first one we read, that your house is just, if you're righteous, just going to stand. Remain. I mean, Okay, we, we survived. When all the overthrow was happening, we still, we made it. But now we go from just standing and surviving to thriving. Because he says the house, the tent of the upright will flourish. That word flourish means to break out. Literally means break out. It means to break forth, to bud, to blossom. Kind of reminds me Another one of my favorite movies, Forrest Gump. After Bubba Gump, after Bubba had passed on, Forrest now ran the boat, the shrimp boat company. And Lieutenant Dan had now joined him. Remember Lieutenant Dan? Had joined him now on the ship. He's his partner. And a storm, a hurricane comes and hits Bayou La Battery, Louisiana. Don't ask me how I remember all this stuff. <laughs> Bayou Labattery, Louisiana got hit by a hurricane. And when this hurricane hit, Forrest, before Forrest and Lieutenant Dan couldn't catch any shrimp. They, I mean, they, they bring up garbage out of the ground. But this storm hits, and when the storm hit, it destroyed all the other shrimping boats on that whole gulf area they were, they were in there. And they were the last one left standing. That's the first verse. They stand. But a few minutes later in the movie, you see where now they're not just standing. They're flourishing. Every time they threw out their net, bam! Before you know it now, but, uh, uh, Forrest and Lieutenant Dan are flowing in the money. They're swimming in the money. And uh, they, they invest in this uh, fruit company, Apple. 
You remember that? Some fruit company. And, and, and now they, they begin to flourish. Why? Because they're the last, they're, they're, they're the one that stood. So if your house is wicked, Pastor, what do you mean by is my house wicked? If you're not born again, you have a wicked house. You're nice, you're cute, you're attractive, you're smart, intelligent, that's good. But if you're not born again, it's a wicked house. Once you get born again, now you have a righteous house. You're the upright. And so when all hell breaks, you're going to be the one left standing and flourishing. Help me out. Is this happening as we speak? You know it. There's something on the inside of you you sense. That, that's why sometimes it's hard for you to sleep at night. Sometimes it's hard for you to just, you just worry about stuff because you, you, you feel it. You, you sense this change. You sense like, man, this mess, boy, is getting worse and worse. You're right. It's getting worse and worse. The beautiful thing is, we read Romans 10, 12 earlier, right? Y'all remember that we read Romans, Romans 10, 12? Put, put Romans 10, 12 on the screen. So, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Remember that? Yes. Look at verse 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved is the Greek word sozo. Y'all have that media, the word sozo? Get on the screen. Well, I mean the definition of it. I, I gave that to y'all a few weeks ago during Christmas time. But it simply means to be rescued from danger or destruction. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord, on the Lord shall be rescued from danger or destruction. Yeah, there it is. To keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. So we see it happen all around us. Am I right about it? But you do not have to go through what the world's going through. You just got to call on the name of the Lord. You'll be saved. Amen? And everybody stand to your feet. We're about to pray. Did y'all receive the word today? Did it help you at all? All right, now let's get down to business. Here's the business of the day. I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least two people, five people today in this room, who right now, if you did an honest assessment of yourself, you would, you would say, if you had to place yourself in the house of the wicked or the house of the righteous, you'd say, yeah, I'm in the house of the wicked. It doesn't mean you're not a good person. You hear me? It doesn't mean you're not a good person. There are a lot of good people in the world, and yet, categorically, they're in the house of the wicked. And can I tell you something? I have some, some, a little piece of good news. And it's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. No, you were born this way. The Bible says, we are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. 
So the fact that you were born on this planet, you were born a sinner or you were born wicked. So it wasn't your fault that got you in this, in this mess. It was Adam's fault. But there's another Adam that came named Jesus Christ who paid the ransom price to set us free from the trap of the first Adam. In fact, the Bible says, when the angel spoke to Joseph, he said, you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall rescue his people from their sins. So today, I want to offer somebody a way out, a rescue, a deliverance, salvation. I want to offer somebody the chance to not be destroyed, to not be overthrown, but to stand and to flourish. I want to offer you the chance today to come out from the sway or control of the wicked one and get over into the sway or control of the holy one, Father God. God wants you saved. God wants you born again. God wants you in his family. Today, every head bow, every eye closed. I'm going to pray here in a minute. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I know right now in my heart I'm not born again. I'm not saved. I'm not part of the family of God. I'm a pretty good person, but I'm not, I'm not born again. Not born again. If that's you and you say, Pastor, today I want to be born again. I want to be more than just a good person. I want to be a child of God. I want to be in the family of God. I'm, I need to be rescued. If that's you, would you just slip your hand into the air where I can see you? I can see your hand. Say, Pastor, today's my day. I, I want to I be in the family of God. I'm not, I'm not asking you to join a church. That's not, what, that's not my question. My question is, my offer to you is being part of the family of God. Be saved. You say, Pastor, I, I, man, I keep, keep doing things my own way and I keep running into a wall. Yep. Yep. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. In fact, if you keep doing things your own way, walls are being built just for you to run into. You keep bumping your head over and over and over again, and you don't have to do that. Glory to God. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. Somebody else today in this place, wherever you're all over this room, I don't care if you've been in this church five years, ten years. If you say, today is my day, Pastor, I want to be saved, I want to be born again. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand in the back. On my left side here, I've seen several hands on my right side. On my left side here, whoever you are, I want you to be honest. I know you're good. I know you're good. But your goodness is unfortunately not enough. Your goodness is unfortunately not enough. There is a literal hell. Y'all know there's a hell? You know how I know there's a hell, sure? They call it global warming. You know, hell is in the middle of the earth. And the Bible says hell enlarges herself every day. Hell is getting bigger every day. So hell is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So what they're calling global warming, well, it is getting warmer. You're right. But it's because hell is getting bigger. There's a real hell that 
because of Adam's sin, people go to hell except for the fact that Jesus Christ came. So people don't have to go to hell. God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Should not perish, should not die and go to hell. Hell is not made for you. And you know the thing about it is, when you get saved, not only do you, have to, do you not have to go to hell, but you don't have to live like hell on earth. Glory to God. All right, I'm going to pray here in a minute. I'm going to pray here in a minute. I'm going to ask all those of you who had your hand up, if you do me a big favor, and let's embarrass the mess out of the devil. When you come to this altar to me, just come and stand here with me. Let's embarrass him. Whoever you are, come on to this altar. Come on to this altar. Come on to this altar. Glory to God. Come on, you just, just spread out right here. Now, these are very bold people. They've come. They've come all ages, black, white, male, female. But I know, because I'm a pretty smart guy, they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. There's somebody here, you, you feel this little running right now in your stomach right now. This thing, you're like, oh, man, oh, this. You know why that's there? It's because God is working on you right now. He's trying to get you to receive what he has for you. And there's, a, there's an internal fight. It's the power of darkness, Satan, trying to not let you go. He's, he knows the moment you come to this altar to give your life to Christ, he just lost you. And he can't control you. You're no longer his slave. So he's fighting. He's fighting. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask one more time. If you're in this place today, you're not born again. You say, Pastor, this is my daddy. be born again. I want you to not only raise your hand, but I want you to just go and run up to this altar. Join these people up here at this altar. Get on up here so you can get saved. Today is your day. 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 And I have one more thing I'm going to do now, but I'm giving you a chance to come on your own. One more thing. Come on. Today is your day. Today is your day. This is your moment. This is your hour. This is your liberation moment. Tired of struggling with drugs. Tired of struggling with alcohol. Tired of struggling with sex. Tired of struggling with your family. Tired of struggling to keep your mind straight. Tired of struggling with drama. You want to be able to go to, you want to be able to go to sleep at night, and not keep one eye open, because you're scared you're gonna die in that state. Now there's somebody I know. The Holy Ghost is not gonna let me pull off this. This so whoever you are, come on up this altar. Come on this altar. Come on this altar. Come on. Come on. I see you. Come on. I saw you. I saw you. Come on. I saw you. Come on. Come on. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, now I'm going to do something here in a minute. I'm going to do something here in a minute. All right. Glory to God. I'm going to do something here in a minute. This is going to be very important. This is very important. Everybody say this is very important. Now you're going to help me. You're going to help me. No, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it a different way. I'm going to do it a different way. Minister Jeff. Stay right there, Jeff. Stay right there. No, stay right there. Stay right there. Glory to God. Miss Laquanda, Sister Laquanda, Sister uh, Garrett, Elise. Pastor Kim, Sister Oliver, Robert, Pauline, Jonathan, y'all flight leaders. I want y'all to walk through the audience and check everybody. Check everybody. This is taking too much time. Eternity is a long time. For somebody to die and go to hell, eternity is a long time. Your collard greens can wait. Your chicken wings can wait. What's more important to me is somebody being saved. I want to rob the devil blind. I want to rob him blind. I want him to wish, I want him to wish he had never messed with me. I want him to wish he had never ever bothered you, TJ. Make him pay. Snatch everybody out of the kingdom of darkness. We're going to get born again. We're going to become children of God. Now those, those leaders up here, up there, when you finish, come up to this altar. I want you to stand behind these uh, that are here. Stand behind, grab somebody. You're going you're gonna to be a point of contact with them. You're going to pray with them. Glory to God. Come on, Minister Jeff's going to get here. Kenny. Come on up here, uh, Jonathan or, or whichever. All right, we're good. Come on, come on. All right, y'all ready to pray? You sure? Okay. Anybody know what it is to almost miss a plane? That's, boy, that's just the worst thing. You don't want to miss a plane. You know, boy, I mean, you're running through the airport like OJ. I can't miss this plane. I know the moment they close these doors, it's a wrap. I'm going to miss my flight. Oh, my God. And what they'll do in the airport, I, I was just in the airport last week, what they'll do is they'll send an announcement over the whole PA system. They'll call out somebody's name. Hey, uh, Jonathan Smith, you have one minute to come. 
to B1, gate B1, your flight is about to take off. Once we close this door, you will not be allowed to get in. Why am I saying that? Because I want to call you out. Hey, you, this gate is about to close. I don't want you to miss this flight. I don't want you to miss this flight. I can't guarantee you another flight. You don't want to be sitting on standby hoping for a flight. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds. You make it, you make it. You don't, I pray God sends another, another, another flight crew right behind you. You got it? All right. I'm going to start talking to them now. You can join us if you need to. All right, those of you that are up here, I want you to raise your hands up real high in the air. Those of you that are standing up here. We're going to all pray together. <coughs> We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to pray together. This is so easy. This is the biggest decision and the best decision you're going to make your whole life. Now, everybody, you're with me. I want, we're all going to pray this out loud together. We're going to pray with them. And then when we finish this prayer, we're going to rejoice. We're going to party. For a good minute, because in heaven they're about to throw, they're about to rejoice. I mean, they're, they're, they're the DJ getting ready in heaven, TJ. All right, all right, lift your hands. Let's pray. Everybody, join them. I want you to say, say, dear God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now in need of a Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I'm so sorry that I sinned, but I'm thankful that you love me so much that you gave Jesus Christ your own son to down the cross for my sins. I could not pay for my sins, but the blood of Jesus has paid it all. Now God, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead just for me. Now God, now Father, based on your word, I am saved. Is that easy? Is that simple? And it'll always be that easy and that simple. I'm your child. You're my father. Fill my life. Fill my heart. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Take over my life. I give my life to you. Take my life and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.